everybody. Welcome back to the Paid Church Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? I'm doing good, Jason. You got those big doughy eyes staring to the screen. Just no one's gonna no one's gonna appreciate that that young, cute little face with those round eyes. They just the podcast just doesn't get it, you know? Yeah, well we're on YouTube. Yeah. As well. They can. They can, yeah. Yeah. So Chris, um, quit dodging my question. Oh no. How are you? Oh, here. Are you better than last week? Uh, I don't remember last week. I immediately when time passes, I let it pass and I don't remember. Um, so yeah. I'm better because I don't remember. How long ago did you get your haircut? Um two days ago. Did they go a little short? You feel a little uncomfortable? It's a little Or you like it? I I like it. I like it was a great price and the uh How much did you pay? The beautician was friggin' hot. Um so <laughs> Well good. <laughs> it was it was my wife. I paid nothing as my wife. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Funny guy. Yeah. Funny guy. Honestly, did you when uh she go did she do the do you like it thing? How does it look? Oh yeah. Oh well she doesn't care what I like she cuts my hair till she likes it. That's the great okay. part. It's like w- when when your significant other mm. cuts your hair, you are void of any kind of like pressure of telling them what you want. They decide what you want and they get it done. It's great. She's not a beautician in any way. She just learned since COVID because I refused mm-hmm. to go to a hair salon since then or a or barber or anything since then. Um, let's uh, let's end the conversation there. Oh, you don't want to know anymore? Oh, suddenly. Are you, I don't is that an option? Anymore. Because there's plenty of times in this podcast history when I would say I want to stop the conversation there. For the owner of the show, it is. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What about the co-owner? So. Oh. All right. What about? <sighs> well, you look good, Chris. You look fresh. You look uh, like you're ready to go. Yep. Ready to do it. Ready to. Um, ready to do it. Ready to do a Q&A. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, you can send us your questions on the contact page at paidsearchpodcast.com. We collect them. We review them. We think about them. And then we come on here and we answer them. The show is on YouTube. Check us out there. Twitter. Uh, we're everywhere. Chris, go ahead. I want to tell you guys about Optio. We talk about it every week. It does not mean that it is not the most pressing issue for you to take care of right now. You need a better Google Ads account, whether you're managing 100 or you're managing 50 or you're managing one. Optio is the tool to help you get more done in Google Ads and get it done faster. The important part about Optio is that it prioritizes what those to-do items are based on what you need to do to get more success in your account. If you're managing just to get more clicks, it'll push the account forward to try and get the most volume for you. If you're trying to push with a certain cost per acquisition, you can rest assured knowing that the, the recommendations that it pushes are going to be prioritized based on getting you the best cost per acquisition. It knows what needs to be done. It knows what the biggest impacts are and the least impactful things are and helps you go down that list. Boom, boom, boom. You can get more done. It's an amazing tool. Absolutely our favorite. The only thing that we use in addition to the normal Google Ads UI. And you can try it yourself for free for two months at optio.com slash PSP. You, uh, Try that new trial out, and uh, hey, I think it'll change the way you manage Google Ads. 
So Chris, uh, we have a first question here from Bobby from Denver. I know uh, Q&As, you think a lot about them. Mm-hmm. It's your domain. You like to think a lot about this process. So I'll hand it over to you. Who should read this one first? Oh, okay. You or me? Um, yeah. I didn't think about that at all. And I'll, I'll take the first one. Okay. Bobby from Denver, the mile high city of dreams. That's what Bobby writes. I don't know about that. I never heard about the dreams part. Hi there. Thanks for reading. I'm still a weekly listener after almost a year come June. What's funny about your podcast is sometimes I'll see a title to a podcast and think, I don't know if I need to hear that one. And inevitably, I will end up listening and learning something. What I love about the conversational tone of the potty, potty, that's uh, Australia speak for a podcast, potty. Or Denver speak. I don't think... I thought that when you add a Y at the end of something, I thought that was like the way Australians did it. Potty, you know? Uh, What I love about the conversation tone of the podcast is that it allows you to have these conversations in your head while you listen, which helps me process them. Well, thank you, Bobby. Appreciate uh, your continued listening of the show. So here's this question, Jason. I have an episode request. I feel like you frequently brush on account optimization concepts and high-level stuff, but I would love to have a dedicated episode that covers when to make changes, whether it's a statistical significance to make that change, or when a keyword gets its own ad group or whatever, uh, when to make that change and how to make that change. Jason? Chris? What do you think? You want to do that episode? Seems like a tough one. Well... It's the a, answer to this could just be no. Next question. I guess we could just. <laughs> there, there's a lot of things I I think about things, Chris, and and do things in the different areas of my professional life that just people don't like the way I do things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like not talking about outside of Google Ads things, yeah. more in another field that I work in. Uh, sometimes, because uh, a lot of what I do is I take in a ton of information, I build up my skills as a practitioner like in google ads and then also a human being Mm -hmm. trying to become wiser more balanced and all that kind of stuff and then everything kind of stews inside of me and then the way my personality and dna is set up i go based on a lot of feel things and those feel things can always probably be represented more in number things uh, at a certain level but i go with the way i'm made which is a feel thing and so no to answer this question about google ads i don't have statistical stuff i go after um People work differently. A lot of people don't like when you don't adhere to their numbers or whatever, but I don't. So it's a gut feel. We can kind of expand on that as we talk about this. But Chris, what is where are you on that spectrum? Is it you look at numbers and you make decisions without thinking, or do you feel things and then think about what you feel and then make decisions? Yeah, um, Bobby, uh, I'll tell you, not very helpful, but absolutely gut feel. It's it's the kind of thing mm. that you you learn to see, learn to feel, get the feeling for something and say, yep, that needs to change. I have never pulled out a calculator to determine whether I need to change something or not. Nope, does not happen. Mm. Yeah. And there's just so many factors that we're dealing with now with Google ads, the search term, the user, the things we know about Google, the things we don't know about Google, but we think about Google and the way it's all kind of coming together. And maybe... I have three clicks and even I have a conversion from those three clicks on a search. That's enough to go with. But maybe, yeah, yeah, but maybe I add it as a negative because my gut feel tells me that search Uh, is not what we're wanting. There's so many situational dependent things inside of Google ads that I'm all about feel and experience. With that said, Chris, sometimes we do see numbers. Like sometimes you are 
doing perfect conversion tracking and you're, you've closed the loop and you see all the different ways you can get leads from an account or an advertiser. And maybe you have a gut feel that it's an amazing search term, but at some point you got to go with the numbers at some point, because at some point, if you are tracking everything and you're not getting anything, maybe it's a, you shouldn't be targeting what you're targeting. But um, other than that situation, a lot of it is just basically, it sounds bad to say, but it's, I guess gut feel sounds bad, but experience-based decision-making sounds good. So we can call it that. And that's pretty much 100% of what I do. That's a good, I like that. Experience-based decision-making. That's a great way to say it. Uh, I totally agree. EBDM. There it is. Yeah, it's the EBDM method to Google Ads. So if you're not doing the EBDM I can't method, believe I don't know yeah. if you know what you're doing. What you're yeah. doing. Have you not heard of it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Go ahead. So yeah. You got the second one from Ben. Yeah. So let me, uh going to have to figure out these little notes here, Chris. Don't worry about it. Oh. Don't tell me when I have the second one and maybe it'll come off uh, smoother here. Oh. <laughs> It's my fault. Okay, Chris, it's, I'll take the. It's no, my no, fault. no, 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 powerful first two seasons chris <sighs> nope they came in there like they meant to be there and uh looking forward to season number three wow. hey guys how often do you use experiments in testing new settings bid strategies ads etc do you have the quote ad variations quote feature to test new ads or do you add a new ad and compare performance against other ads in the ad group also do you prefer to compare all your other ads in the ad group, like comparing how the ad group performs overall. Mm. few questions in there, Chris. Yeah. So uh, thank you for the question, Ben. And let's start with experiments. So how often do you use experiments to test new settings, bid strategies, ad copy, et cetera? So what are you doing with experiments these days? Experiments are usually, for me, reserved for big questions about if I do this, what will happen? That's usually well where I reserve experiments for. I don't reserve them for like ads or a new keyword or, you know, something like that. Um, it's usually big shifts, you know, bid strategy changes. Absolutely. Changing something dramatically, uh, changing the tone of the, the keywords, you know, changing the level of the funnel, trying broad keywords mixed in with phrase match, maybe something like that. But when it goes lower on the impact level than that, no, I, I don't do it as an experiment. I just do it. Because like what we're talking about, um, experience-based decision-making, yeah. a lot of times we feel like we don't need an experiment and it can also be even though we talk positively about them often, I think they can also be a hindrance. Like if you're dealing with a $500 a month budget or $1,000 a month budget and you're slicing it up 15 different ways and you're always doing experiments, you might not be getting enough data to like really, number one, make good decisions. And number two, get kind of in the groove and get that momentum going. So they can definitely be overused. Um, the f- biggest two things that come to mind, Chris, the number one by far runaway uh, reason to do an experiment is bidding. Uh, testing out manual versus automated or the other way around, or if you go from max conversions to max clicks, or if you want to try max conversions with a target cost per conversion on there when you don't have one in place, all of those I think are probably the best reason to use an experiment. The reason is the impact. It's such an impactful event on your 
Google Ads account. And it's, sometimes it's hard to get back to where you were, uh, whether you're trying to get back to manual or you're trying to get back to the performance you got with your max conversion strategy or whatever automated bidding strategy, because it's impactful, because it's difficult to get back to where you were potentially, that's when you want to be safe and use an experiment. The other one that comes to mind are when we do landing page test and you want to test out a different page on the website or you want to test out two different landing pages, that is a great reason to run an experiment. So speaking of that, Chris, the next aspect of this question is, do you use ad variations to test new ads? Uh, so let me ask it this way. When you want to run a, t- a test ad, do you throw in a second responsive ad into the same ad group and let the data just go where it will and let each ad get as many impressions as it will and then compare performance? Or do you create an ad variation version of the experiment and test out the ads that way? I throw another ad into the mix. I do not like the ad variation in its current state. I feel like it is extremely limited. I feel like it's really... I really actually hate the ad variation for doing any kind of significant change. You know, if I want to change the tone of an ad or or something like that, I really don't like the way that it currently is set up. So ad variation tool is very rarely used. I, I just set up another ad. I think um, the downside of setting up another ad is that you don't, you're not going to have full control over how much each ad gets impressions. And then like, Judging that statistically, it would be difficult, um, but not the biggest problem for us, as we discussed. Uh, I've been using the ad variation tool when we need to test out a different landing page. Uh, I find it to be helpful for that. But if you're testing out, like, change the word in this headline to a different word, that to me doesn't seem like it's worth going through the full ad variation thing because there's so many other headlines in your responsive ad. So I haven't been using it for much other than testing out the different landing pages. Uh, And then also, do you prefer to compare against all other ads in the ad group or do you like comparing how the ad group performs overall? So that's interesting. I've never thought about it that way. When you throw in a new ad, a second responsive ad into the ad group, I assume you're looking at first ad versus second ad, click-through rate, conversion rate, and making a decision. But now that keywords and search terms, search terms are kind of influenced by your ad copy, it would be kind of interesting to think, well, what happened to the overall ad group's performance once I threw this ad into the mix? Never done it that way myself, uh, but it's something to consider. Have you ever thought about that? How an ad impacts the overall ad group? No, I, I, can't, I can't say that that's really on my, my radar either. I think that's getting a little too into like, oh, ads show up on different mm, search terms mm-hmm. and all that. It's like- You can't control at that. At some point, we have to get back to basics. Yeah. And where we grew up, basics were, you'd look at the click-through rate and conversion rate based on an ad versus the other ad for those same keywords yeah. in that ad group and see how they perform and see which ad is working better. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next we're going to go to Andy from Austria. Little little long here, so I'm going I'm to curve it a little. Hi, Chris and Jason. Thank you for your great podcast and great podcast for PPC. Here comes my question. Recently, I've been finding more and more search terms in the search term report that don't appear to have been entered by humans. Then he gives some specific examples about that. And he says, basically, the problem is he can't easily exclude these because they still contain some relevant terms. And 
you you have to be careful about those adding too many of those that that could actually block relevant traffic. So basically, his question is, how do you get rid of long unwanted search terms? And do you worry about them if they have zero clicks, if they spent zero money, just received an impression? Jason. So I think it would be interesting to it for people who talk about Google ads to maybe talk about them at the Thanksgiving dinner table, but replace the word Google ads with the word government and see how people look at you at that Thanksgiving table. Because you'd be sitting there going, do you think the government has bots that are trying to fraud us and, and monitor us? Or do you think the government is getting a lot of stuff in front of us that shouldn't be there and is spamming it? it you might sound a little crazy mm, is my point. I see. I and see. It's, it's kind of interesting how some people talk about Google ads and they put all this stuff onto Google and all this stuff they're doing where maybe it's just a computer system and algorithms. And do you know what I'm saying? But Chris? People kind of, I think they put too much Google's doing this. Google's doing that, you know? Yeah. Bots and, but, I, but what if it's not Google? What if it's other people? What if it's, what if there is an incentivized reason? Do you run into a lot of bots when you're doing Google ads? I have some proof of things in not google.com. Okay. Not Pass the mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> I have some proof that the government's <laughs> doing this and that, everybody. I have some proof. It's, I've seen you, some. You got some proof, Chris? I've seen okay. some stuff. But the, what, okay, so whether it's a bot or not is absolutely not the point of Andy. Bot. Okay. Fine, His point fine. is what do you do Forget about the bots. it? And are, what do you what do you do to get rid of these long unwanted search terms? So I'll tell you my my answer to that is how do you get rid of them? You just add one base term from those that you see. So if there's the word in their review corridor, yeah, and Andy gave us an example about it has the word corridor okay. in the super long search term. So if you really don't like the word corridor, or he's also got the number fifty in there, and you don't don't like the number fifty. Just add 50 is that's a negative. It. Broad. Yeah. Broad you, negative. Yeah, broad negative. I use broad negatives and I grab one single part of that. And if even if it has no clicks, but I see that it's some kind of junk weird thing, I'll add one term in there and then leave it. Now, you cannot add negative keywords for something that's over 10 words long. So you can't add all of them. Well, you, you can. You can add negative keywords for something that's over 10 words long. You can add... A negative a keyword negative. to block a search term that was over 10 words long. But you can't add negative keywords that are more than 10 words in the negative keyword. Just to clarify. That I am more confused now for your clarification. You said you said you can't add negative keywords for things that are more than 10 words long. You, you can't can add, add a negative keyword for a search term that came in as you more just than don't 10 add words, all of those 10 words. Yeah, you can't add Thank is you. it an yeah. Thank you so much. Just, just trying to help. Yeah, Chris. so helpful. Translate, Chris. So helpful. <laughs> okay, just trying to help. It could have come off as you can't add negative keywords for search terms that were more than ten words. You're long. right. You're right. I. Hey. Yeah. Right. You're. You're right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. So, and then the fact that you would say that after saying block the core term, it's like why? Why are you talking about ten words? Of course, we're not going to add a ten word negative keyword if we're trying to block the you core. Are feisty today. You are, you're, I'm not feisty. I'm, I'm not feisty. It's not you. It's just, I'm just over caring what other people think. Uh -oh. This has to do just with other now? stuff I do online. Just now. Yeah. 
Yeah, just now, by the way. Just Just now. now. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Just now. No, I'm serious. Just Just now. now. So, you know, when something's stupid and wrong, I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm not going to act like, oh, that's, I could see it from your point of view, talking about 10 words, negative keywords. Okay. All right. Um, A lot of people ask, well, I'm scared if I add a one word, broad, negative keyword that I'm going to add, I'm going to block a bunch of stuff I don't want to block. My impression, Chris, you can let me know if you agree, is that broad match negative is basically treated how exact match positive used to be treated in the sense that if you add the word corridor as a negative broad keyword, all you're going to block is just searches that include the word corridor, possibly a misspelling of corridor, but you're not going to add, you're not going to block searches that are related to corridor like hallway or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So you're safe with broad negative. It, yes. For me, that's the way I think. Oh, about absolutely. It. Yep. There's definitely a, there's a value to every single match type for bro, uh, for for negative keywords. I use broad phrase and exact. You use all kind of ne- those. Yes, negatives. I use all three. At the same time or in different situations. At the same time. So if you didn't like the word corridor, you would add no corridors. No, if I I I, I, won't, I won't go into it on on this, but I have a very oh, okay. specific methodology that I use, which I demonstrate very very specifically in my. Patreon. Okay. Well, I'm curious. So you add, if you didn't like a search that include corridor, you would add corridor as a negative exact and a negative broad? No. Only a broad. Good. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Okay. So do do you see my point here, Chris, about bots and Google doing this and Google doing that and people overthinking things? Yeah. And more so like, hey, you got a search term. You didn't like the search term. Add the one freaking word out of those on. 10 in the phrase yeah. and move on. And you've blocked your problem and you don't have to stress about the bots or the empire or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see how it makes things simple? Yeah. And Andy's, so that's kind of where I was coming at with and that. And Andy's question was, you know, he was asking about, do you worry about them if they have zero clicks? No, I don't worry about them. I, I do just what Jason said. I add that one part and I move on. I only worry about something if it becomes something that spends money and it starts to pop up higher and higher in my search term feed. I get that. And so if something doesn't get clicks as a search term, then you don't have to worry about it because you're not getting, you're not spending money on it. So who cares if it's unrelevant, irrelevant, whatever, you're not spending money. The one caveat to that, Chris, I think you'll agree with this. If you get a search term in there that is getting a ton of impressions and you're not getting clicks on it, if you don't like the search term, you're not getting clicks on it. So you don't have to worry about wasting money on it. But all those impressions are racking up impressions that you're not getting clicks and that can hurt your click-through rate, which can hurt your quality score. So I think once a month, every now and then, it is worth going into your search terms, sorting by impressions, mm. search terms with the most impressions, mm. and go down the the first 80% of them, the ones that are getting the bulk of your impressions, first 80% of your impressions, and see if there's anything you don't like in there. Because you also don't want to just have a bunch of impressions out there not getting clicks. Even if you're happy you're not getting clicks from them, you don't want to be hurting your click-through rate, yeah. you know? I agree. So that's another thing to look. Uh, but yeah, uh, one final thing on search terms and bad search terms, Chris. Right around the time we lost the 30, 40% of search terms on average that we're not seeing anymore, it seemed like we started seeing a lot more zero click, yes. one impression, that was, long tail search terms. That was on. Seems like. That's it. what Google did. Whenever there was a giant uproar, what they did is they they stepped to the side a little. They don't ever back up, you know. 
Oh, the government doesn't. No, yeah, they don't, they no, don't. They just step to the side. That's what they, they did. They just they stepped a little bit to the side. They said, "Oh, you don't like what we did? Well, how about we just pivot a little?" And they said, "We're going to give you more data on your search terms overall." So that's when they initiated initiated that zero click, but had an impression data because before it was only stuff we got clicks on. They took away part of them. They and they supplemented that with stuff we didn't get clicks on. Okay, which is fine. They did what they did. And yeah. What are I, you going to do about it? I, we're we're going to do nothing. It's a great it. decision. You know, it's, I thought yeah. it was, I'm, yeah. No, my point is, you know, we just have to take things as they come. And mm-hmm. um, that's what we got now. So I think one mistake people are making with that is they're constantly worried about those ones. And they're constantly trying to add native keywords to block a bunch of those bad searches. But and those ones seem to be bad for some reason. They, they seem, seem to be, to be low quality, junky. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I guess my point is the one mistake you might make hanging down there where there's not a ton of impressions, not hurting your click through rate, but just weird search terms, zero clicks, one two impressions. You you could be wasting a lot of time yeah. down there adding negatives for things that don't really matter. And it's one of those things like if you have a mess on the side of your room, you just don't look in the mess. You know, it's like, it doesn't feel good. You'd rather go clean up the mess. But in this case, you can't really clean it up because you'll keep seeing stuff down there. So mm. just let it go is my point. Yeah, Or, yeah, clean your room. But okay, that's fine. Clean your room, but spend another 20 minutes a week getting search terms that are never going to impact negatives that are never going to impact anything. Yeah. Probably not is, the best yeah, use of time. Yeah, it is a waste. All right. Whose turn is it? I forgot who read. Did I read it? It's your turn, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's my turn, Chris. So um, this question comes from Marianne from Amsterdam, but originally from Bulgaria. Oh. Is there a way to improve the position metrics for max conversion bidding strategy is the question. And the way she wrote it in was, hi, and thank you for the great insights. I am learning a lot from you guys. I listen to you every day during my commute to work, during work, and after work. Wow. This is how valuable I find your podcast. Mm. Uh, I wish I could get those sound bites just on there on those sound <laughs> effects. Mm, wow. Oh. What? Appreciate it, Chris. <laughs> I'm just trying to be enthusiastic, camp- you know, about our fans here. Thank you. I am running a campaign with max conversion bidding. And at the same time, I am running a recommendation trial for that campaign. Not sure. Maybe that's we clicked on a recommendation or we're running an experiment. Yeah. I do see, however, a, that she's running a trial for a certain recommendation that had popped up. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. I do see, however, that the ads top impression, absolute top impression share has gone down a bit. Is there a way to actually improve the percentage ads are at the top while I'm running an experiment and using? Max conversion bidding. So, Chris, when you're running an automated bid strategy for max conversions or max clicks, do you have control over your position data? If you don't like your position data, can you change it? No. That's it. it no? So, so the answer is no. Unequivocally, the answer is no. Uh, you cannot directly affect your percentage absolute top. You cannot affect your percentage top. You cannot directly affect it. You might be able to make those numbers shift a little by adjusting your target CPA and things like that, but you cannot directly make that move. And this is and this is one of the reasons why Jason and I are so adamant about using manual bids because I can 
make those direct adjustments. I can make a direct adjustment to say, you know what, this is a great keyword. This is converting and the client loves to see themselves here. This is like their core product, their best leads come through, even though the cost per conversion is higher. You know, the automated CPA bidding would never push this as much as it needs to be pushed because the numbers don't look great. But I know that this lead sells 75% of the time and the other leads that look cheap, they only sell... 25% of the time, you know, so there's something there that I know is worth more. So I will push that harder. Those are worth more in the end to the client. So manual bidding can get that done. Absolutely cannot do that for max conversion bidding. It's not possible. Uh, Jason, am I wrong? Oh, uh, I got to say, Chris, I don't want to be included on that manual bid, pushing it hard thing. Um, Since when? uh, since about a month ago, oh. I'm I'm getting uh, more and more good results from max conversions, and then also in some situations max clicks. And so things are getting very interesting these days. Things are getting very messy. Uh, but then I have some accounts where I could not go away from max from manual bids because they just work really well. So I I got to say things are changing. There there are there are some things you can do okay. with your position data with tell me with automated bids. A lot of people have a cap when they run maximize clicks. And so No, she's talking a, about max conversions. I know she's talking about max conversions, but I'm doing a show here for a hundred thousand people. And a lot of people are running maximize clicks and they put a cap in place. I saw this the other day. Someone had a three dollar cap on their bids that maybe should be around ten or fifteen dollars if they want to spend their full budget. And the position data was like super, super low, prohibitively low. It was like hurting their uh, results. So it's it's a thing to go down a checklist. It's a thing to check. If you're doing automated bids, max clicks, and your cap that you put in place, which you don't have to put in place, is too low, you could be, you can raise that cap or get rid of it to raise your position. And another thing, Chris, with max conversions, which we're talking about here, if you don't have a target max a cost per conversion in place, this won't apply. But if you do have a target cost per conversion in place on your max conversion strategy, you can raise that target and that should raise your, uh, it should help raise your position data if you're worried about that position data, which leads me to a point maybe you'll agree with, Chris. There's a great saying that says you can only optimize in life for so many things and you have to focus on what you're optimizing mm-hmm. for. And if you're running a max conversion strategy, you're optimizing for getting the most conversions possible for the budget. And you should not be worried about position data. If you're optimizing for position data, you can do that with manual bids. And like you're saying, be in full control at a keyword by keyword basis and get the position data you want. So they definitely are things that conflict. Yeah, Your position data is directly impacted by what you're willing to pay for your cost per conversion and how many conversions you want to get for the budget. And so there's only so much you can do. I just want to point out a couple of things, but I agree with you, Chris, at the end of the day, they are conflicting strategies um, or they're conflicting things to worry about. You can only worry about one of them. Jason, as we prepare to take our break, Mm -hmm. what do you think about because I'm I'm a little shocked at what you said about backing off that whole manual bid thing. I'm a little shocked. Is it time for us to have a great debate about smart bidding versus manual bidding? 
No, I'm not. I'm not interested in a debate. Okay. I'm interested in optimizing for the two things in my career that I'm optimizing for and debating with you, believe it or not, um, is not on that <laughs> list of two. So what? I'm not interested in a great debate. Uh, well, I am up for a conversation on this podcast okay. where we can talk about uh, a little refresher on bidding strategies and current results you and I are seeing for different bidding mm, strategies. Okay. Also, next week, if you're up for it, I would like to talk about Performance Max. Okay. I'm seeing really good results with Performance Max. I'm seeing comments from listeners of the show joking about Performance Max mm. and reviews where we they joke about Performance Max, but I'm not joking here. Like I'm actually seeing good results. Okay. And there's different things about the Performance Max campaign that you can understand and study, and it'll help you get good results. But my overall point here, Chris, is I think we talked about this like maybe three weeks ago at this point. I think Google has turned the corner with basically bringing the power of search closer to the power of reach and taking the same close to the same performance you can get on search and applying that to the reach of YouTube, the reach of performance match max, the reach of display. I've just seen them turn the corner with, those kind of reach campaigns, Gmail, Maps, YouTube, all that kind of stuff, along with at the same time, I'm seeing better and better results with two specific things, maximize conversion bidding, okay, and also broad keywords. Like if you look at the search terms for broad keywords, they're getting better and better. If you look at the performance with max conversions, it's getting better and faster. So I have seen that recently and... It's some interesting things are going on. So yeah, if you want to have that conversation, I'm open to doing it now during the dance break. Uh, well, my mouth is one centimeter away from your ear. And I can whisper this all to you, or we can do it next week in front of everybody, yeah. and we can just have a normal yeah, let's conversation. Just, yeah, let's, you can let me yeah, know. You, you know what? You can back off a little. You think about it. You think about okay. it. And we don't have to tell people what we did during this right. break. <laughs> It's between, it's us. between us. Let's let's go. Let's do it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I want to remind you to check out our sponsor, who is continuing to see a ton of signups. It, it's, it's been a, an amazing turnaround for them since they've been on this podcast and we've communicated to our super smart listeners about what this tool does. And you guys are signing up in droves. It's been a super popular tool. Uh, honestly, I don't know how long they're going to do the two-month free trial. We talk about it as though it's going to be there forever. Honestly, it could disappear. So just try it. And that's all it is. Just just try it out. I think you're going to like it because it's the only sponsor that we've had for years now. And they're going to be around for a lot longer. We like the tool. Everyone likes the tool. Optio.com slash PSP. Okay, Chris. Well, I'll take this one in and you read the last one. Brianna from Philadelphia. Pennsylvania writes in, hello, I just discovered your podcast, Chris. I always like hearing that because we've been doing yes. this since 2014. Something. I, Something I only, like that. only had one child at that point. And yeah. you had none. 
Yeah, so there's three humans yeah. in this world. <laughs> Since <that> we <laughs> were responsible yeah. for that, we weren't. We weren't when we started. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, so um, but I always like getting new listeners, and it's great to hear that. So, um, and I couldn't be more thankful. I was hoping you could answer a question for me based on episode two thirty three. Easy ways to slow down Google Ads. If your campaign is using a smart bidding method, such as target CPA in my case, will drastically cutting the daily budget send my campaign into the learning phase again or otherwise negatively affect my performance? I've heard from other sources that you should only cut your budget drastically if you are doing manual bidding. I was hoping to get some clarification on this. Thank you. So, does drastically cutting your budget impact your max conversion with the target CPA strategy? Yes. Does it throw it into learning? Yes. You say yes. I say yes. You say yes. Yeah. You say yeah. yes. Um, there's the whole learning phase is really pretty confusing. You know, it, it, the only reason that people worry about it is because I think because it says learning phase. If it just said the normal like eligible status on there and it was in learning phase i don't think learning phase would would you know these kind of changes wouldn't freak people out as much uh but i think there's a reason that google puts things like learning phase on there because i think they want to discourage people from making drastic changes you know they don't have to think about it because you see something on that screen someone has made the decision to share that information now, there's a ton behind the curtain they don't share. Why did they share that? And I think the reason they share that is because they effectively want to let you know, hey, that was big. You just kind of reset things a little bit. Give give me a second. You know, so they're sharing that information. Um, and uh, yes, it does cause, I don't know, you know, how much it takes. I don't know how much budget shift it takes to make that happen, but it absolutely can. Drastic budget shifts can. But I'll tell you what. I do not care if it says learning phase. If you need to cut the budget, cut the budget. You do not need to shift it to manual and then cut the budget. If, if you're having success with target CPA, drop the budget, raise the, do whatever you need to do, regardless of whether you go into learning phase or not. You know, so what? It, it, it's a fact of using automated bidding that you're going to have to enter back into learning phase at some point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Chris, in the sense that you have to do what you need to do for your account. And if what you're wanting to do is lowering your budget, lower your budget. And I have enough confidence in the max conversion strategy if you're feeding it good data and targeting the right kind of keywords that it will relearn what to do at your new budget level. Now, a couple things to point out. Number one, I didn't say change your budget every day. Oh, I didn't say change your budget every week. I think Chris and I like to focus on if possible, not changing the budget more than once a month. Now, if you have to change your budget, you have to change it. But a lot of people change it every day, every week. They're constantly playing around with it. That's where you can really kind of not let the system do what it can do if you just leave it alone a little bit. And so don't over change your budget like too frequently. Um, But when you need to change it, change it. Uh, But usually that's on a monthly basis for accounts where you kind of have a good grasp of what you're doing. The other thing I want to point out is, Chris, how many people do you listen to about Google ads? Um, you. Oh, well, thanks. I, I thought you were going to say nobody. And then I was going to joke nobody yeah. because we don't even listen to <laughs> each other. But I mean, if you listen to me, I appreciate it. Thank you. But for myself, I only listen. No, I'm <laughs> 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I Relax. mean, well, I'm I mean, kidding. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only person that I, you know, like, oh, Jason said that, you know, I'm going to give it some good weight. Yeah. So, yeah. So when I say max conversions is actually, I'm seeing some interesting things around broad keywords. It actually means something yes. to you. So it was shocking. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And we'll have some interesting conversations coming up. But my, my point is, you know, who's, and we don't have to theorize here, Chris, please, but you know, you don't need to be listening to quote unquote, another source telling you what you should do That's with it. your yes. budget. That's yeah. my point where I'm a little bothered and I'm trying to help uh, Brianna kind of at least learn the way we think about yes, our accounts. Good point. Our accounts are very uh, important to us. We take ownership over yep. them. And you and I, outside of ourselves, like we're not interested, mm-hmm. you know, talking to each other, but outside of this little thing we have going here, we're not interested in what other people, again, yeah. please don't theorize, Chris. We're not interested in what other people have to say, whether it's a blog or whatever. You have your experience with Google mm-hmm. ads. You have your experience with your business you work for or own or your client. Mm-hmm. And then you have experience with the platform. And to let other people impact your own budget decision, budget decisions, like I think that's my two cents. Like, you know, focus on your account. And Chris, can you kind of speak to the confidence you'll gain if you just do things you need to do and then see how they perform yeah. and get experience? Yeah, way? I mean, you're, I, I, I'm so glad you said that because you're right. Brianna has a tone here about, well, so-and-so said, or I read this somewhere, or I watched a YouTube video. So what? It's your account stand up, take action on, on whatever you want. And just like you say all the time, Jason, if someone, you know, we really, we, we really get pretty emotional about people that are like, well, what budget should I pick? Well, what bid should I pick? And that's when I think you've probably yelled the most about people who have indecision about making a decision, you know, like pick a bid, pick a budget, just up it by 200% and see what happens, you know, change, see what happens. Yeah. because nothing's going to happen if you don't do it. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great point. I appreciate you making that. Yeah. All right. Mitch is going to finish it, finishes out here and he's going to have a question about skags. Uh, the, the bad kind of skags, the single keyword ad group skag, the old yucky skags that we no longer believe in. And actually never, I never really believed in them anyway. Uh, they were never really something we wanted. So Mitch from Indianapolis how does one migrate from a skag to a stkag uh, setup, which is a single theme to keyword ad group? So you have thematic ad groups. How do you go from something that is just saturated with, you know, tons and tons of keywords? You know, have, you have, you know, 50, 60, 80 ad groups, you know, and, and just tons and tons of ad groups. So he goes through an example uh, about things that he's having to work on because he has an issue with one keyword pulling in search terms that should be going to another keyword. And this is why single keyword ad groups no longer work. They didn't work years before and they definitely don't work now. That is a huge issue. So Jason, is there a systematic way? Do you have any tips for someone who's looking at a overly complex skag that they've taken on they're be they're being hired mm. by someone what do you do when you're faced with a skag monster like this what i do is i turn around and walk the other oh. way and i just start over um, if you there are things you can do like you can look at all your skags and say you've got 80 of them and maybe within those 80 there's like six 
service to keyword ad group possibility topics or six themes or six topics or six ways to group them. And you could rename six of them to those categories, one for each ad group that you're going to keep and then go through all your ad groups, take out those keywords, put them in the category they fit in and then pause that old ad group. You could also do that with the editor to speed things up. But honestly, Chris, I, I don't ever picture myself doing that. Like it's just so much cleaner and easier and simple to go, oh, I have six topics. Let me just punch out three or six ad groups real quick, throw in two to four keywords in each of them and get going, yeah. get going. Yeah. Do, do you see the validity of just walking away? I Yeah, I do. I agree with you. I agree with you that I have been down the road that Mitch is talking about where I'm, I'm taking on a new client and this client has a SCAG system that has stopped working. Or maybe it's still working, but they know that they're no longer within Google compliance on best practices, and they're having all kinds of quality issues. So they got to get away from it. I absolutely agree. Take the approach of a new campaign build, but you have one extra tool in your toolbox. You can go back to the original SCAG campaign. Once you've built everything out with thematic ad groups, Go back to the original sketch and just make sure that the keywords that are getting the most volume in your original SCAG campaign are represented in your new campaign, right? That's the only connection that I'm going to make. I am never going to go in and itemize and move, okay, this keyword needs to go here, this keyword needs to go here, this keyword needs to go here. No way. First, I'm going to build, just like you said, I'm going to, I have six categories. I'm going to build those six categories as ad groups. Then I'm going to come up with a few keywords to throw in there. I'm going to make sure that I hit the highlights that's covered in my original campaign. Boom. I built it. I'm running within a couple hours. Meanwhile, some scrub agency out there is is burning through two weeks of itemizing and researching and, oh my gosh, you know, meetings and discussions. No, I've been running for two weeks and you've already got business <laughs> from my campaigns. Yeah. And that's what it's about. I mean, you can just make it simple by making sure you don't forget anything that was working. You can go to your search terms report for your skagged old campaign sort by conversions. Just grab whatever was getting conversions and make sure you have those as keywords or you have keywords that are going to show up on those kind of searches and start fresh start. I think fresh start is uh, our two cents there. Do it. Do it. It's it's so... So nice to just break free of that because uh, I hear that question a lot. Yeah. The, the, and the other thing, Chris, is um, you can, if you don't touch the old campaign, you can always go back to it. If the That's new one doesn't work after a couple weeks, point. it's always there for you. Yeah. It's a little controversial, but sometimes what I like to do is run the old campaign and not really touch it alongside the new campaign until we have confidence that the new campaign is going to perform the way we want. A lot of people go, well, don't they compete with each other, blah, blah. I don't think they really do. I think they're pulling uh, the keyword with the highest ad rank out of your one account. And um, I'm fine with that. So I've, I've run, I've done that many times where we run the old versus the new just for a few weeks till we're comfortable and you can kind of transition that way. Yeah. Uh, but, but starting a fresh start, that's the, that's yep, the way to do fresh it. Fresh start. Jason, if they like the tone of your voice and the cut of your jib, how think how can they get more? Yeah, I'm at rothmanppc.com. I was just talking to a small business owner from Westchester County today, New York, and uh, he was a little bit surprised about the nice terms of my service. And um, 
how it's month to month and those sort of things. And I was like, yeah, we just do a value added thing and we want to be wanted. So small and medium businesses out there, I can help get the phone ringing and get you the best results possible from Google ads. I'm at RothmanPPC.com. And uh, Chris also does an amazing job and I recommend his services and he'll tell you about those now. Yeah, I offer three services. If you want me to manage your account, I can do that. I can also offer live Zoom video screen sharing consulting where it's a a one hour session. And I also do, if you just want to learn kind of at your own pace, I have a Patreon for just 49 bucks a month and a great community of people. Um, You can get to know more of the things that I talk about on the podcast uh, through that. And you can find all of this at chrisshafer.com. Jason, it's, uh, it's been a good day. We have a great audience, great questions, great host and co-host. Not sure who is who yet. An owner. And I don't <laughs> owner. Yeah. I don't remember Chris, that. Um, do you want to do it next week? Hey, you know what I think as the, co-host and owner of the show <laughs> what i think we should do i think we should start when we when we have it planned out a little bit mm-hmm. and we know what we're going to be getting into i think a little you know just a minute little tease at the end of the show about next week um just to clarify our thoughts yeah make sure we're on the same page because lately uh to take people behind the scenes a little bit we changed the day we've been recording this this show uh and that change has impacted one of the co-host ability to come up with new episodes on time. <laughs> and they've been letting the other co-host down. And yeah. the person I'm talking about is me. Yeah. I've been letting you down, Chris, and trying to, Jason, trying to get up all with the, our new schedule. All the here. work yeah. that the lesser co-host has done for the other want, yeah. co-host, this co-host owes the other co-host a lot. So don't worry about it. It's no big deal. I know, but I, I, I don't like. I, I want to get back in the groove here. Okay. So I think if we just maybe preview the next show, the thing is, a little bit, as soon as we uh, preview, uh, yeah. then the next week we'll be like, oh, we don't want to do that. I think it's a bad idea. You know how wonky. Well, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got stuff comes up, and we want to talk about. But, but if I have a topic, I want to float to you. I'm going to float it. Just live. Just float. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just live. Why not? Let a floater out. So let's let let's <laughs> let a floater out. I think we should talk about Performance Max. I think we were getting a lot of questions about Performance Max um, like a few months ago when it rolled out. I feel like neither of us were really either interested at that point or to or experienced enough with it to talk about it, but I've been doing it more and more. I think it's very interesting. I found some interesting documents on okay. it, and um, I'd love to, sh- to share that Let's with you. Let's do it then. Uh, are, you, are you up for that? Oh, I am experienced and uh, absolutely ready. For okay, good for your Pmax. You got to call it a Pmax. Pmax. I find myself calling it that. I said I would never <laughs> again, but I find myself calling it. And if everybody nat- keeps doing natural. It. Everybody keeps we doing have to it. Do it. Yeah. I know. And I, I, P-Max. I still, I still type out performance max, and still say the. Whole- but you feel like an idiot when you do it. It feels like it yeah, takes away. I just too can't. Long and- I'm not gonna say Pmax. Yeah. I don't want to say yeah. it. Do you sleep with the top sheet between yourself and the blanket? Uh, yeah, who? Yeah, millennials and Gen Zers apparently don't. Why? They like just the blanket. I'll just send you the, the article. Rough, yeah. like you're- yeah, just the rough blanket <laughs> on their body. It was in the Wall Street Journal today, and they feel like they're breaking the rules, like they're getting away with something. You're d- so those I'm just blankets curious. are expensive. Like you have to dry clean those. What your dirty, oily skins on that expensive blanket? Yeah. You have to dry. I clean. love that top sheet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's sheets are washable. Blankets you have to dry clean. I literally can't remember 
if we closed out the show because it sure feels like we did. So we're going to do that now. Let's do that now. Case. We already gave our plugs. We'll see everybody next week about Performance Max. Performance Max.